magic, we're on. And again, I'm not going to edit that bit out because funny. Anyway. Because you <laughs> so, like it raw. Yeah, because we like it raw. So it's, it's just what we do. It's a thing now. Episode three, we're already talking about roaring <laughs> and not like a lion. Anyway, I feel like that started off strong. So <laughs> on today's episode of Night Nuggets, I am not joined by Charlie, the usual guest. I'm Charlie, but the other Charlie. Um, today, we've got a mate of mine, James, on our podcast today. He's the man waving. So if you can't see him on podcast and you watch it on YouTube, you'll listen him wave. Um, but on podcast, <laughs> you won't listen wave. If you're listening, hello. There you go. That's James. So I'm going to let James ramble on for a minute about what he does, because he'll tell you about him better than I will. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, my background's in uh, sports science and biology and then biomechanics. And then I, you know, procrastinated by playing rugby abroad for a bit, which was good fun. And then I thought, better get a job. So I came back and uh, got into training people, um, spent a lot of money on courses, getting stuff wrong. Uh, then someone said, yeah, that, yeah, that research stuff that you did your master's degree on, you should maybe look into research before you keep spending money on courses. So that's what I've kind of done. Um, and then now I am part of a group of trainers that um, challenge each other and look at the industry, industry and the research and try and answer the questions correctly rather than getting the wrong answer to the right question like wearing slippers on your hands but we'll get into that no doubt um, in the next half hour uh, and then yeah so now I start to educate other trainers and helping them find the right answers for their clients in a nutshell it's probably about it awesome it's quite a nice little nutshell that I want to try and get as many innuendos into this as possible <laughs> it's like the normal it depends game but I'm just gonna try and get innuendos drink <laughs> I want to make this the drunk podcast. So every half an hour, someone listens to us, they just get smashed. I reckon that could be hilarious. I mean, every time you hear an innuendo. Yeah. That. In your endo. In your endo. Might be fun. Anyway, so, so yeah. So I get a feeling that the person that said, maybe you should look at research um, rather than spend it out on all the money on courses that you're getting wrong still. Maybe that was the same person that told me the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, shout probably. Out, shout out John Hardy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So James and I, the, the group of trainers James was referring to is uh, the FTEs at Faster. Um, so Faster Global um, are a training provider whom we both uh, run courses for and plan for, but we are also part of the FTE group, which is effectively a group of people, as James said, that try and help other trainers be a bit better and ask the right questions and get to the bottom of things. Um, but it usually involves kind of having an argument with yourself after someone's pulled your head off your shoulders filled it with stuff, shook it and put it back again. That's usually how it feels on an FTE course. Um, so yeah, it's good fun though. Good fun. Yeah, just, just asking those questions. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But like, my favourite bit is when you ask a question and someone says, you don't mean that question, do you? And you kind of go, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and then you spend 20 minutes trying to find the question that you meant and then you get an answer that you then spend about a day researching for and you're kind of none the wiser anyway, which is great. Yeah. Why don't I answer your question with another question? Absolutely. So, I mean, let's ask a question first. James, when I put a post up the other day saying that I had you on the podcast, I used a picture of you with slippers on your hands. Why did you have slippers on your hands, James? <laughs> well, slippers on my hands, Charlie, is a metaphor or analogy that I use for getting the wrong answer to, the, to a question. 
Um, it's, a, it's an answer that provides a solution, um, but it's not necessarily the best solution. And there's probably better solutions out there. Let's try and remain diplomatic here. Uh, so, um, you know, I thought uh, it was it was put to me by John Hardy as uh, chicken shoes, and I just kind of adapted it a little bit because chicken shoes took me about eighteen months to understand. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, slipper gloves, where well, helps me when I'm when I'm talking about this kind of stuff to people. So imagine you've got really cold hands and your feet are fine uh, so you've got your shoes on and your socks and your feet are nice and toasty and warm you've got really cold hands and you go well i've got these slippers here I just wear them, on my, I wear them on my hands they solve the problem of keeping my hands warm that is excellent and then uh that's that's my uh, version of a bad scientist and then someone comes along and goes hey, but what about these look they're gloves they're called gloves and you can put your fingers in them so you can still use your hands for you know almost everything you want to use your hands for. Nah, but the gloves also keep the hands warm. What about that solution to your problem? And, <laughs> yeah. Well, seemingly it doesn't because you get those guys in our industry going, uh, I'm going to keep my gloves on my hands. I'm going to keep my uh, slipper gloves on. That'll, yeah. be, that, that, that'll solve the problem for me. Yeah, like I've become quite attached to my slippers. So <laughs> yeah, so that as a metaphor is, and I say John, John and I sort of, you know, the, the the chicken shoes thing was a thing that John told me about a while back, and that for me was the real. That was kind of the turning point for me. So I very, I very much fell into the bracket of strength and conditioning wanker, where you know, in order to run fast, you need to squat, and in order to recover, you need to foam roll and ice things, and then, you know, you kind of delve into it a little bit more, and it was just. It was dogma and tradition and bullshit, frankly. Um, so my chicken shoes or my, my slipper gloves was you need to squat full depth or you're not doing a squat and that will help propel you down the track faster. <laughs> or if we put ice on things, ice baths, they're going to help muscle recovery and that kind of thing. Definitely not just going to give you hypothermia, um, but stuff like that. And it was just kind of, it was a thing. Like we've always done this, therefore that's what we're going to do. Um, and it's kind of a, maybe the person that offered you the glove was offering you the route from A to B that wasn't via Q. And it's that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm heading, if I'm on a journey, I want to get from A to B as quickly as possible. So, yeah. you know, if I'm going from London to Cumbria, I don't want to go via the US because it's a bit out of my way. A bit far out, yeah. You'll get there. You'll still get to Cumbria. Absolutely. But like, you probably used up all your air miles. Bit inconvenient. Bit more expensive. Bit more expensive. At the minute, flying's a bit sketchy because there's a little bug going around you might have heard of. So, like, Don't wait I probably just want to cruise up the M6. Uh, A1M. I go A1M and sure. then across from Scotch Corner. It all goes north. Yeah. Well, once you pass Watford, it's north to me. So, same road. Just one road to north. <laughs> to north. To north. <laughs> and there goes all my northern listeners. All disappeared. Um, but yeah, so we could, to be honest with you, we could probably just fill the rest of the half an hour going around this. So sort of industry nonsense, um, and kind of, there's one, there's one that's going on at the moment. It's really pissing me off. Um, and it's, it's do static holds to get faster. Yeah. Amazing. 
Because, yeah. you know, if I want to, again, if I want to go from A to B, if I want to go from London to Cumbria, I always just sit in my car and don't go anywhere. What I'm going to do is stand still in London. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Get, that's how I'll get there quicker. But this it is the thing. Makes, it makes sense. So the thing I don't understand is it doesn't make sense. And you can apply <laughs> logic to it, which is the worst sort of research you could do. But let's just apply logic to a thing and say, if your goal is to get faster, right? And let's just say that. Let's say you're a 100-meter sprinter and you're trying to shave milliseconds off your 100 meters time. Why the fuck are you going to stand still? Like, I don't understand. Wall sits. How the fuck is a wall sit going to help you get faster? Or like, let's go into my world, which I understand. Let's go strength training. If I want to improve my deadlift, I've got a 200-kilo deadlift. I want a 250-kilo deadlift. I'm not going to go running down a track to make that better. It's not how it works. So like, what I'd what probably do is insert ton of variables into that deadlift and increase the weight over time some call it progressive overload it might work it's like uh, golf as well right so how many people talk about doing lifting for golf nowadays um and the mechanics and the biomechanics of of golf compared to a deadlift is you know quite different quite different <laughs> no um, same not, not to mention yeah not to mention the overall goal um yeah. and you know it, it and in golf, it's to get the club head speed really quick. So when it contacts with the golf ball, the golf ball goes a, a decent distance down the fairway. Um, preferably in a line, but if we're just talking about, uh, you know, your, your technique rather than your actual skill of being able to, to hit the ball square on, you know, hands and stuff, I don't deal with that. I'll deal with the, uh, the mechanics of the body. Shout Someone else can technique. That's, that's can help you with that. Yeah, but you know, let's uh, you start doing that and just talk about stronger muscles equals more power. More power equals more distance. That's the kind of basic um, reasoning. It's like uh, the I think one of the papers for, that said that resistance training was good for sprinters. Um, if you actually look at the paper, it was done on rats. Um, you know, and and human biology and rat biology is a bit different. Subtle differences, yeah. Yeah, little, little. Um, like rats, they're quite little. <laughs> but so they, what they did was they put resistance on a mouse wheel or on a wheel because, you know, they weren't mice, they're rats. And, uh, and the mechanics of the running was the same. You know, the, the rat wasn't there with a barbell on. Like, Although of, that would be amazing. I oh, want to see that study. Oh, quality. Yeah, me too. First, I had to do technique work with the rat first. <laughs> Not for any performance benefit of my athletes or anything. I just want to see a rat do a deadlift. I reckon that'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> Clean and jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. With his little chalk on his paws. That'd be amazing. Chalk, I mean, amazing. chalk incidentally does make you stronger. Fact. Lifting belt. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> lifting belt. Love a lifting belt. But amazing. <laughs> also. Yeah. So uh, they put they put uh, resistance on that mouse wheel, and then the rats were training with the same mechanics, but with a bit of resistance on, then they got better at it. Uh, and actually, they just improved their acceleration. Didn't necessarily improve top speed. So then you look at that and you go, wow, what can we do to improve acceleration in actual sprinters or people in a team sport that requires sprinting? And it's loading the same biomechanics without overloading it so the mechanics don't change. Uh, and then turns out that you get quicker through acceleration. With that. Ah, 
Weird. Imagine, Mad. Imagine that. But yeah, like I feel like studies that are done on rats are almost, I say almost, they're pretty well instantly dismissible. Yeah, but, well, they give you an idea of where to then go and look at the next yeah, study rather than going... in a direction, but then yeah. when that correlates... So, I mean, granted, my, my niche isn't speed. I'm a 140-kilo strongman. I'm not made for speed. But, like... Yeah, but you guys do a clean. You want that to be speed. Yeah, but that's not accelerating down a track. That's rapid change of direction under a bar. So, you know, you're going from sort of moderate power up so there's a, there's a big it depends on who you talk to and again there's a lot of tradition and dogma and crap in my sport let's stay with olympic lifting for a bit so there's a thing if you need to be fast up and fast down no like, oh, why you need to be fast down definitely because you've got to beat the bar to the floor but like on the way up i don't think the speed on the way up matters that much there's people training speed for deadlifts and getting momentum behind the bar that's great if that's your technique crack on um but my thing i think the last inch before you make contact with the bar from the hip or like the thigh and a clean that bit's quite important because that triple extension is going to get the bar to float. Then you've got to be sh- shit fast down underneath that bar because otherwise there's a hundred kilo bar about to come clattering down on top of you and you're not underneath it. Yeah. Well, anything heavy that you're getting off the floor, it's going to have that point of weightlessness yeah. before it comes back down. Yeah. Same if you're on trampoline. It's say you go, whoa, slow down, and then you accelerate down again. And yeah. I suppose what you want to do is you want to get that nice point where you can get that bar as high as possible or get under it. And that's where techniques will differ. Some people will try and get the bar higher so they don't have to get under as quickly or uh, they don't have to drop as much. But inevitably, when you look at that at real elite level, everyone's dropping super low. Yeah. With well, the apple bottom jeans. I mean, you see some of the Chinese guys lifting, they're just ridiculous. Oh yeah, so much like um, knee valgus that their ass is almost like like a dog, you know, tobogganing yeah. <laughs> along a carpet, like that. And then they get out the bottom of it. It's insane. It's mad. The bobbing dog. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I'm gonna get that drawn up and put on a t-shirt. That'll be merch. Yeah. So, uh, or imagine the rat. So the rat yeah. is doing that cleaning press or cleaning jerk, <laughs> and just as he just as he catches it in the clean. He's like, just you know, wiping his ass along the floor at the same time. Yeah, imagine if some, imagine doing a clean killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> be amazing. Imagine like, imagine doing a clean and someone pushes a sled underneath you, rolls <laughs> you down a hill. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <sighs> um, where was I going with that? I think we've invented new training techniques. <laughs> yeah, I've got a sled at the gym. <laughs> Might do that when we're allowed to open again and someone gets a clean in. <laughs> As they're doing it, just throw the sled under him and see what happens. <laughs> what could go wrong? I feel like I could be absolutely fine. But yeah, so the, the kind of point of being fast, it's again, and we've covered off about three different reasons to be fast. We've covered like club head speed in golf needing to be quick. We've covered acceleration out of the blocks for sprinters. We've covered dropping under a bar or pulling yourself under a bar for a clean and jerk or a snatch. So like speed is a really individual thing. And oh, like, yeah. You can't train it as one, and yet people do. Yeah, well, it doesn't, it doesn't translate. So your clean and jerk, your speed, you want to be vertically quick. Up or down, whatever your argument is for it. Yeah. But in running, I want to go, that, I want to do that. I want to be real quick from A to B in a horizontal way. Yeah. I don't mean I'm horizontal. I mean, the distance that I'm traveling is horizontal. Yeah, linear. Yeah. <laughs> although, although, again, I'd like to see that. It's like a land swimming. Nice. 
That could be a thing. I mean, I mean, some coaches would argue that if you just lay down face <laughs> face forward, static hold, you get quicker anyway. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. that, and then you engage right. everything. Ah, uh, there's another thing I've seen recently in the industry: eccentric isometrics. Yes. Did Love I show you this? I don't know. I, I don't saw this know. ages ago. I was doing research into the, you know the um the eccentric boxes, the, the kind of flywheel boxes that you train with. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. getting one of those, but I wanted to do some little work beyond it and stuff like that. And so I don't want one now. But like they have a place and that's great. But as I was going through it, I found a, a fair amount of <laughs> I'm gonna invert commas, it's poor research around eccentric isometrics. And I'm still not sure what it is, because that's an oxymoron. That's like oh, going exactly. fast, slowly. Well, eccentric literally means lengthening while contracting. Yeah, isometric means, isometric still, like means staying, still. staying still while contracting. So I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. So it's like moving still, just moving still. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. It's if like, someone, if someone you seen can forgetting just... Sarah Marshall? I haven't. Oh, he's, there's a bit where he's, he's trying to learn how to surf and he's on a board and Paul Rudd's there going, go on, pop up. So he gets up on a board and he goes, no, 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 too much, too much, do less. So he just <laughs> lies there and he's like, no, no, do more, do more. <laughs> That's eccentric isometric to me. That's just changing your mind. That's brilliant. I don't know, but like, so if someone watching or listening to this can tell me and actually explain what the fuck you mean by eccentric isometrics, that'd be great. Just, you know, let us on a postcard. That'd be grand. <laughs> but yeah I don't get it but there's a bunch of stuff in the industry I like how this has now turned into just us chatting about things that annoy us this is brilliant you don't really <laughs> grind my gears yeah, no one really gets my goat the one gets my goat is that I haven't got a goat to get I might get a goat just for this podcast every time something comes on just get his little that'd be amazing yeah um, every time something's mentioned Foam rolling. Yeah, yeah. Actually, let's delve into that. Now we're there because that's what I get a lot. Because I put up a post a while back saying, oh, maybe just don't. And I got a sh- I got so much flack saying foam rolling's great and everyone does it and all the best people in the world have foam rollers and they're great and blah, 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 blah. And then when I start saying to people, like, why are you foam rolling? All you need to do is give me the answer. I feel good on it. Okay, cool. That's your answer. That's great. But people like, it, makes me, it makes me more flexible or it makes me stronger or it affects this and it affects that. Like, well, it doesn't. It just doesn't. Yeah. Do those is, guys have slippers on their hands when they're talking to correct. you? Correct. So this is going back to the kind of slipper gloves argument. So like foam rolling, correct me if I'm wrong, foam rolling when it was first a thing was considered or it was supposed to have some effect on your tissue length. So the idea being you'll roll a tissue over the foam roller and it will allow the tissues to stretch a little bit more and then therefore makes you more flexible. Something around that sort of thing. And then a load of stuff got done onto them. And do you remember when it was foam rolls with just that squidgy foam sausage? Yeah. And then someone did some work on it and went, maybe if we put more nobbles on this, it'll make it better. So then they came out with like the knobbly rollers and called it trigger point therapy or trigger point rollers. or Ridge, whatever they were calling ridge it. rollers. Ridge rollers. Rumble roller. That was my favourite. And that yeah, sort of like, thing. And then they just like fucking they hurt right. more than exactly the same amount of nothing. But, like, it's a weird one. So, anyways, you've got to delve through bits and pieces. And it turns out they really do nothing. They're, they're at best, at best, if I play devil's advocate, they might improve flexibility 
for a couple of minutes, tops. And then no. straight back to square one. But even then, no. that's a really sketchy argument and I don't believe it. No. <laughs> Meh. Meh. No. Don't let them have that. That's it doesn't. nonsense. It doesn't. Absolute nonsense. It's, they just don't work. They don't do a damn thing. If you feel good on a thing, then great, more power to you. Like, it's, it's kind of down to things. So, like, the slipper gloves work for you. I like all my fingers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have gloves and I'm gonna keep the slippers on my feet. Um, but it's the thing, there's like I, slippers. I have I have a foam roller at the gym, purely for throwing at people. <laughs> Excellent, and it makes a really good vase. It's one it's one of the hollow ones with the rumbles in it. It's quite a nice color of green, and if you put it somewhere, you can put things in it. That's quite cool. Um, but like no. everything reaches for I'll it. I get rid of it. I mean, I, I kind of don't want to. I'm a little bit attached to it. It's one that I've had for a long time since I used the foam roll. I was that guy. <laughs> well, so just to just to clarify it, because if you like batter it and you don't give people the answer, yeah, but, correct. You know, you see you see those things when people say things like oh, it increases flexibility, right? And what they mean is they get slightly more range after they do it. Yeah. Right, but it causes you some pain and discomfort. And then when you stop that pain and discomfort, it's easier to get range. Like if you, if you were trying to touch your toes and I just came and punched you in the hamstring repeatedly, and you're like, ow, that hurts my hamstring more than it was when I was trying to touch my toes. And I was like, well, just put up with it. And I'm just there, you know, getting the old boxing, left hooks, a uh, bit of jab, jab, uppercut to the hamstrings. And I did that for 20 minutes and then I stopped. You go, oh, it feels much nicer now. You stop punching my hamstring. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's essentially what it is. Yeah, it's just a big distraction for your nervous system, but it's not a very pleasant one. Really, no. So I use the same analogy. It's like I say, it's slightly less aggressive. It depends on what you look at. You're punching hamstrings. I said to someone the other day, if I stood you in the corner of the room and threw things at you for twenty minutes, when I stop, you feel great because I'm not throwing things at you anymore. So I think when people say they feel good on a foam roller, no one feels good on a foam roller. You feel good when you come off that roller. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Probably because you've been made it feel worse than you were before you were doing the <laughs> yeah, rolling. pretty much. And then you hear arguments like increasing blood flow. <sighs> and I go, oh, um, increasing it more than what? It's already there. Yeah. Why don't you move that muscle? And that probably increase blood flow as well because your heart rate would go up and then blood would flow quicker. Yeah, that. Get around everywhere. Maybe, maybe do some work. That sort of thing. But then, maybe like, like move. Maybe so, move. So to give, to give the answer, I think, so why I'm so averse to foam rolls is one, they just don't work. Is period. Depends on what you use them for. If you use mine like a vase, it works because you can put stuff in it. But if you use it as a foam roller as intended to, it doesn't. But people credit it. So... If we're sticking on the flexibility arm and we're saying about, I don't know, squat depth. Let's go squat depth and say that you're a competitive power lifter. You need to be able to hit parallel or less to score your points on that squat to get the lift. And you can't quite hit parallel. Therefore, you get the foam roller out. You start grinding through your hip flexors. You sit on it for a bit and go for your glutes, hamstrings, quads, calves, all that kind of stuff. You sit on that for a bit. You get back to your bar. You're still not at depth, but you do more reps. And all of a sudden, you're at depth. So... People would, and myself included, some time back, people would have credited the foam roller for that because you stopped at the start of your session, you foam rolled, and then you did more, and then eventually you ended up in depth because you foam rolled. 
Whereas what you actually did was just did more reps. You just practiced the movement and got better at the skill. So the foam roller itself just stopped 10 minutes of your session that you could have done more reps in. So we'll get, we'll get onto the topic of variables in a minute because I think that's quite important. But just in terms of looking at a squat, the more you squat, the better at squatting you get. And it's the same with anything. The, the more you run, probably the faster at running you get. The, you know, when you first started driving, you were all hands and feet and mirror signal maneuvering. Now you jump in your car, start up, you can open up at Greg's steak bake and tune the radio as you're going down the road. I don't suggest that. Don't do that. But you get the idea, that kind of thing. So when you do a thing more, you get better. So don't, like talking, credit, don't credit the foam roll with your flexibility. Credit the number of reps that you did and the work you put into that skill. Talk kids and dogs and stuff. People that you couldn't say tense a muscle or squeeze a or roll. No kid yeah. wants to roll. No a foam roll. Well, I mean teddy bear roll or roly poly maybe, but not yeah. not foam roll. Why? Because it does nothing. But if they if you were a kid or you had a kid, or you've had kids, and they start walking, that's not because you've gone oh brace your core, squeeze your glute, did you roll your hamstrings? Let's do this. <laughs> they pull themselves up. And they imitate and they fail. And they learn. And this is where the variable comes in, because if you do it in different environments, different footwear, um, pull yourself up in a different table, toddle along a different surface, carpet, tiled floor, wet floor outside, ice, you know, then you learn how to adapt to those conditions and you get better at the skill overall. But if you talk about it to an adult who's in a gym setting that wants to get better at a movement, they say that they're, they're weak or they're, you know, they can't do this or can't do that. And the reason why, I mean, I'm right-handed, so I'm going to talk right-handedness as opposed to left-handedness. The reason why um, I can't throw a ball as accurately or as far with my left hand is not to do with the weakness. It's to do with the skill. Yeah. And it's, it's that. And people are, well, I must be weak here and I must be, because, you know, it's not the side that I use as much. And it's, well, you know, it's just it's balance. It's practice and skill and nine times out of 10 you pick up a ball or 99 times out of 100 and you throw it for a dog or play catch with a mate or play it in any sport that you've played or throw a shot put or anything like that and then you know we do all that one-sided and then in sport they go well you need to be symmetrical but why do you need to be symmetrical (laughs) surely that's not advantageous for my sport i want to get better at hitting it this way because that's how i do it yeah that I completely agree. There's this whole, I think there's an argument for being symmetrical for like a health thing. I'm not sure what the argument is, so I'm not going to go into it because I don't have that argument. Briefly, I'll tell you where it came from. It's when you get an injury, if you've been injured, your skill, you change your skill, right? So my my big injury in life was a dislocated knee, left knee, two or three times, three times, and surgery. So I had a long time spend a lot of weight, uh, time putting weight on my right leg. Um, and yes, I had some atrophy and stuff, so I lost muscle mass and it wasn't as strong, but it was also skill. I had to relearn how to walk using my left leg um, without crutches and without a splint and without, a, you know, because your brain and you, you adapt, your skill level adapts to doing that when you do it often. Um, and then, so you have the asymmetry after the injury especially straight after when you've healed, but haven't uh, done your rehab and retrained that, um, that skill back. And then 
you've just spent more time on that side so you get good at it so then the correlation or the again the bad scientist is aha maybe if we make you symmetrical you won't get injured but that's not how it works i feel like it's also down to habits so like if we move away from sport it's just you will have movements that you do without even thinking about it so like for me i come downstairs in the morning i turn right to go into my kitchen for breakfast so i've got that step off a step and turn that corner so like if I come down my stairs and turn left to go to the front room, it feels weird at that time in the morning because it's not where I go. Do you know what I mean? That's a really weird analogy to say, but you have these kind of habits that you put in. So I'm first thing in the morning is proprioception. I come down the stairs, I hang a right, I go and make food. And that's a thing. So with taking it back to sport, I know with a cleaning jerk, I do split jerk, I'm right foot forward. And it's just, that's how I do a split jerk. I tried it quite recently, I put my left foot forward I dumped a 60 kilo bar, completely bailed it. Couldn't get the movement, fell over, went out of it. It was horrible. And I just because really now, yeah, I'm massively weak. I need to work on my symmetry. But I don't, so I'm just bad at that side. And that's fine because I don't use it for sport. If I was in a competition, I would never, unless it was some karate kid esque movement where all of a sudden my foot's been broken, I need to get the bar up, which hopefully doesn't happen. And then you had to do the weird crane kick thing. Which Nothing weird one. about it, mate. He wins. Daniel Larusso wins the Old Valley Tournament doing that. So I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> Very true. Although, have you seen Cobra Kai, the new series? Of course. Ah, changes your perspective, perspective, doesn't it? All of a sudden, Daniel Larusso's a dick. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Or for Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bastard. Don't like it. Anyway, we've gone off on a tangent. We have a massive tangent. Yeah, we're going to start talking about like series and Netflix. But um, but yeah, the symmetry thing. Going back to that. If we're talking about performance, do what works. So like with me, I'll always go in a competition right foot forward for a jerk. Always. With a footballer, let's look at David Beckham, for example. He would always take his penalties on the same foot. He's got that one dominant side where he knows he will put the ball in one of the squares at the back of the net and he'll hit that box every single time he kicks that ball. If you've got to do it with his other leg, granted, David Beckham, he was quite good from what I hear. Not a massive footballer, but I hear he was all right. So if he did it with his opposite leg, he'd probably still get it near or near about. But it was better on the one side. You go through any sport, people have their dominant sides, right? So I don't understand the symmetry aspect for performance. I don't think it has any blind bit of difference. If you train a thing that's good, keep it good. No, it's, it's, I think um, when you're looking at movements and stuff, people talk about they need to do symmetry, so they need to be able to rotate as far right as they can left and things like that, because it might feel... Um, discomfort or whatever uh, when they try and do it and they can't do it as well uh, and I think what we should do as movement pros is help people move that way if they want to move that way but recognize that performance is something different so you load and train and and focus more on the other side uh, or on the side that they perform on or how they do those movements biomechanically but when you go back to making sure they can move that way doesn't matter that they choose to do it a different way nine times out of ten but as long as we can make sure they can do it the other way that's nice yeah that's a much better way of saying what i was trying to say thanks <laughs> got it this isn't my first rodeo <laughs> nor mine weirdly but i like to, i like to waffle i'm good at waffling yeah well yeah i, I teach a course and people call it story time because uh, yeah. i go off my tangents so yeah yeah. Love a tangent. Love an analogy. Maybe if I train symmetry in my vocal cords, I wouldn't tangent so much. 
Yeah, well, Maybe. going back to symmetry, I bet, I bet, uh, and again, going down the old uh, crude route, I bet you wipe your ass with the same hand each time. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I mean, I use paper, but... <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help ah! myself. I couldn't help myself. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, you try, it's like a gear stick in your car. Maybe a, better, maybe a better way of doing it. Gears in a car go left hand, unless you're listening on the continent. Well, you might do it right-handed. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, I'm still wondering how I managed to walk into. The, I'm still wondering how I managed to walk into the toilet paper joke. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit upset with myself. I should have seen that coming. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. It's all right. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so. I feel like we should sort of start summarising what we've waffled on about because, you know, we're a good 20, 25 minutes into this. Um, Maybe more. I can't do basic maths. We might be more than 25 minutes. I don't even know. It's not maths, mate. It's counting. It's counting. Same maths. It's not weights on a bar. I don't know what it is. Yeah. He's a personal <laughs> trainer. You've done over 12. It's over Correct. 12. We, we I mean, lost count. I'm a strength now. coach. I do more than five and it's cardio. <laughs> not, not doing it. Um. But yeah, so I feel like this, this could be like a regular thing where we just jump on and talk about shit that winds us up and why it winds us up and how maybe not to do that. Um, ultimately, I mean, we talked about sort of symmetry and isometric holds for performance and foam rolling and chicken shoes and slipper gloves and that kind of thing. Um, but like, I don't know what it's going to take to the rest of the industry to catch up because there's still, there's always that attitude of, well, we've always done this. Ergo, that's what works. And like, well, fine. But like... All things filter down from sport, right? In, yeah. in sport, now with professionalism in sport, people want the edge. If the edge, if they can get 1% improvement, they'll take it. Yeah. Because that could be the difference between a medal and lucrative sponsorship deals and all kinds of different things or uh, being the unknown that... Yeah. No one knows you're grafting hard and, you know, it's hard, hard to do. Uh, and I think that professionalism in sport does that. So if people feel like they get an extra inch of uh, range or, for want of a better term, flexibility in a movement after foam rolling, then and that range is beneficial to their – or they think it's beneficial to their performance, they'll do it. It's like um, cryotherapy chambers or um, cupping or KT taping or – you know, if you tape on your skin, you, you're not really helping that muscle. But if people feel like, a, like they get this metaphorical cuddle from a bit of tape on the leg and, it, and it, they don't worry about it because, you know, they've got tape on it. And that means that my, my knee now won't dislocate and I'll be able to run around forever. I mean, injuries happen with bad luck sometimes as well. You can do all the injury prevention in, yeah. in quotes because you can't but you can do all that kind of training in the world um, and, uh, and it won't stop you getting injured if you have a bit of misfortune. You know, come out of the gym after doing an hour and a half of injury prevention training, get hit by a bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, You've just done all the injury prevention training, so the bus is going to get more injured than you. Yeah, absolutely. Like Hancock, when he, doing that train hits him. <laughs> Oh, that'd be amazing. Imagine how many people tried to stop a train with their shoulder after that film. There'd be someone. I guarantee there'd be someone. Sure. I mean, I'm just going to caveat that sentence with, I have a three-month-old, and I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Will but, Smith yeah. can do it. I can do it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I feel like there's there's definitely another conversation to be had here, and I think the injury prevention conversation is going to be a good. I reckon that'll be a good conversation to have. We might. Let's see if we can get Ollie in on that as well. He's quite good at injuries and stuff. Well, you know, he he probably does more of the rehabilitation side of stuff. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting conversation to have with him. I might tap him up, make a message out to him, and see what happens. But the. But, uh, uh, yeah, I could talk half an hour on injury prevention alone. Oh, easily, easily, and it's just such a such a massive topic, such a massive topic, and around such a effectively such a nonsense thing. Yeah, but it's impo- again important for sport because if yeah, you your best players fit, then you're most likely going to have better better performances and better results. Better results lead to more points. More points mean. Prizes! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I didn't let you hang on that one. <laughs> More points, me? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Finish your sentence, James. I don't know. I don't, yeah. Why is he paused? <laughs> we lost. Oh him. no, we've lost him. Cool, man. Well, I feel like we should wrap this up. Um, I feel like that was quite open-ended. But I feel like we're going to get a few questions on the back of this, which is awesome. Do fire and through. Um, and yeah, like. I'll get you back on at some point. We'll have another chat and we'll kind of answer some questions and take some of the flack that we've been given for saying, stop fun just do some bring on, stuff. Which bring on the flack. Oh, 100%. Love a bit of flack. Well, at the um, same time, this isn't, this isn't to tell everyone that they're shit and wrong. Correct. It's to try and help people get yeah. better. Because Absolutely. at the end of the day, that's what we're all in the industry to do, is to try and help people get better. Whether yeah. that is feel better, whether it's to... Uh, increase performance whether it's to achieve everyday tasks you know that's the idea um, but sometimes things get born out of frustration correct so I think you and I can both we both had those conversations in our inbox of people going you're wrong and you kind of go ah, I'm not sure I am but it's an interesting argument just to come out of absolutes I love an absolute like let's talk about variables let's not talk about black and white let's talk about all the shades of grey in the middle of that because that's probably a better a better conversation. 50 of them. 50 of them, yeah. It's a great conversation. Terrible film. Terrible film. I haven't seen it. Ah, you're is not missing it. Is there foam rollers in his red room? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Awful, awful, awful film. I got made to watch it some time ago. Terrible. Made to. Made, made to. <laughs> I wasn't on my own with like little cold packs under my eyes and a bowl of popcorn. Not even a little bit. Nope, not me. Right, on that, with that image fresh in your mind, <laughs> I'm going to hit stop recording. Um, before I do that, though, this is the bit where James and I are going to talk about what we can do for you and sell things. So if you've got no interest in using us for things, then probably tune off now. But if you want to hear about what we're about, stay tuned. James, what do you do? How can you help the listeners at home? Oh, well, you know, I do uh, I train people. <laughs> so Excellent. I, can I do, do the that. same. I can do that. But then uh, what I can also do is uh, if you are a trainer and you also train people but want to know more, then teach courses, um, specifically a sports performance expert course. So I've got ex-pro uh, footballers um, and uh, like previous international um, athletes from different sports that are in the training industry now and, and train people and they're all in this little group that we we talk and discuss things and you know sometimes meet up online 
uh, and put Charlie through his paces in his gym and things like that um, and challenge the ideas that we're all coming up with and, and keeping each other on our toes. So that's always good to be a part of. So if you like your sport and want to know how to train clients better or yourself better, then you can feel free to get in touch about that. It's always good. Definitely. I'm not going to plug me. People know who I am. I'm just going to mirror what James said. So the course he's referring to is a sports performance expert with Faster. Awesome course. Um, if you're on the fence of kind of doing like a level four accredited strength and conditioning course, save your money. Like, come and speak to James. You're going to need to speak to him. Oh, um, we can give you that level four as well. We yeah, can. yeah, 100%. You'll get the same qualification, but an awful lot better uh, kind of information and, for want of a better way of putting it, like aftercare. Um, but more to the point, it's not just a sort of tick box. You're not just trying to pass an exam. Do you know what I mean? You get the kind of support afterwards and the, you get to understand, and this is one of my least, this is, this is a goat, get set for the goat. You get, to understand the, yeah, you get to understand the why. Like, what's your why? Herbalife Rep's favourite quote. Um, you get to understand the why of what you're doing. So kind of getting through that. So yeah, 100%, tap James up. If you're a trainer or want to get into training, that sort of thing, definitely, definitely, definitely speak to James. He's your man. He'll help you out. Um, and as you've heard from the last however long I've been waffling on for, he's much better at getting his point across than I am. So don't speak to me. Speak to James. Right? <laughs> speak to me if you want to get stronger about things. I can definitely help you there. <laughs> I can't help you do better with clients and whatnot. I'm not good at that. James is very good at that. So if you're a personal trainer, speak to James. If you're not a personal trainer, speak to me. That's probably the summarise there, isn't it? <laughs> awesome right anyways james thank you very much for being in touch with this really enjoyed this we'll um we'll have another one at some point as well and we'll talk about some of the things that we get from this um and yes, yes. thanks yeah, very much awesome man great stuff i will speak to you very very soon